Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories by outstanding content. Hello team and welcome back to the Make an Impact Show. My name is Fab and I am your host. I am so excited to be back for 2021 with so many good nuggets, interviews and exciting bonuses, just like the next few episodes. Before we come back in February with our old school, regular, incredible show, I am bringing you some amazing interviews with incredible humans who are going to share with us how they reclaim their time off. You might be wondering, why Fab? Where is Amy? What is going on? Are you all right? Of course I'm okay. Thank you for asking. The reason why we're going to talk about reclaiming our time is because yours truly, and that is myself, is coming out with a brand new book in May 2021, known as Reclaim Your Time Off. So I thought there would be nothing better to do than to bring up some incredible people and ask them how they make time for themselves in their busy, incredible lives. We're going to have guests such as Hannah Wallace, who's also my BFF, so expect some fun. We're going to have the lovely business coach Ruth Ridway. We have Joseph Maverick. We have Dr. Mike Dow, which I'm so excited for you to hear more from. What's going to happen then? Well, in the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear how you can reclaim your time off. And while you're at it, I would suggest you go and check out my upcoming book, Reclaim Your Time Off. You can find it anywhere pretty much where you get your books. But if you want to make your life easier, just go to creativeimpact.group slash shop. And in there you will find for now the book, as well as other things that we're going to add, obviously, to the Creative Impact shop. But you can pre-order your book now. So make sure that you go to creativeimpact.group slash shop or just check our link in bio in the show notes to get one of the pre-order copies of Reclaim Your Time Off. I am so excited to bring you this book. It was such a journey for me. And also let me know if you would like me to talk a bit more about the journey of my second book. And I'm so humbled that I can bring some incredible people here with me to share the knowledge, what they learned, and obviously how they make time for themselves. We're going to start today with, as I said, my BFF, uh, my soulmate, or one of my soulmates, I guess, Hannah Wallace. I'm so excited to bring you Hannah. Hannah is one of the best human beings you'll ever find. She's a spiritual writer, a podcaster, a mentor, and a creative who champions female empowerment and spiritual activism. As someone living with a disability and a wheelchair user, she's passionate about breaking down barriers around the topic and even bringing awareness through her content. You will hear more about her, about her podcast, Finding Grace, which also guest uh, me once. And... Um, you really hear about how Hannah can find grace and can make sure that the time works for her, especially as somebody who really needs to be mindful about her energy and how she spends it. I hope you enjoyed this. This is obviously the first of a series of podcasts, so keep uh, tuning in because I will share more interesting stories about how other incredible high achievers are reclaiming their time off. Without further ado, let's kick off with the first of these bonus episodes, with Hannah Wallace. I thought I'd do a very, very quick edit and addition just to reiterate. This is an old recording that 
Hannah and I did around my birthday last year. So we're actually looking at September 2020. So there is a bit of context. So we're talking about the first lockdown where we're in the middle of things getting a bit better before obviously there was a second lockdown. So Hannah was actually with me in person for this conversation, which was quite exciting. Just for reference, as we talk a lot about obviously that side of things, the first lockdown and things easing up. And obviously that's the reason why she was with me. She was in real life. Again, hope you're going to love this. Bam, we be on. Hello, babes. Hello. I'm excited to have you in front of me. Woo! And you're my, you're my pilot, so you're my experiment. How do you feel uh, about being? I feel good being in experiments, to be honest with you. You know that. You can also be the pilot. You can also um, be the pilot. Well, guys, uh, we are here, or I'm here, with Hannah Wallace, Mabu. Um, really excited to have you here, Han. I can't wait to share this conversation with you. And I'm excited because we're going to talk about something that you learned about a lot. You know, reclaiming your time off is also not just about being productive, but also about balancing energies and make sure that you can do what you want to do, accomplish what you want to accomplish but also taking care of yourself. Mm. It's a hashtag different form of self-care. Yeah, it is. It's the ultimate self-care essentially because you get to do more with your life then. Exactly, exactly. Efficiently. I'm going to touch, by the way, we have a mascot today, guys, in case you wanted to know, it's a very quiet one. Is uh, Wilbur number five, the whale. Yes, he is. (laughs) One of the little whales of Hannah. And he's going to take us through the journey today. So I have one first question. We have a bit of a lose theme but we're going to follow a couple of points that I want to focus on the first one is a bit of a fun one we're talking about reclaiming time off so aside from obviously engaging and playing with Wilbur the whale what do you like to do on your time off is there anything that you feel like really helps you thinking now I'm switching off now I'm unwinding I'd say actually, because I'm not a big, I said this to you before, I'm not a big kind of TV, Netflix watcher. I tend to always find other things to do. Even I'll choose a book over that. So actually, when I know I'm really winding down, sometimes I will sit down and put a film on, a documentary, or I've been doing the whole Marvel series. And that has really felt like I've been taking that time to do something that is even more than reading a book. So I'd say I'm a reader more than a watcher. So that's when I know I'm really winding down. And sometimes I even FaceTime my friend with another device. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's one of the things that you do yeah. with the Marvel series, isn't it? Yeah, and it's really... I mean, I'm, that's one thing I'm grateful for lockdown because actually my fr- I used to always go around my friend's house um, and we used to do this, but we weren't going to stop. So we uh, found another way and it's, it's actually really, really nice. And that's when I know we're just winding down, we're chatting, you know, watching the film together. And it's quite funny because whenever one of us get up to get something, we have to stop ourselves from saying, do you want a cup of tea? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, you are... Again, I've experienced a lot of movies with Han, so I know that she likes to talk through the movies. So I appreciate it. That becomes probably a big part of the experience itself. I, I, sometimes I'm so tight. That's when I know I'm really winding down. Sometimes, unless there's a hot guy. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, I like to just, Kate and I sometimes don't talk, you know, for a good half an hour. Oh my God. I know. I've, I've not experienced that. I know. To be honest, uh, again, as she rightfully said, as soon as there's like a hot guy coming up, it's like, stop who's mm. there and we're like okay and then the discussion goes on um i love that so aside from where are you at the marvel uh, series actually where are you at oh my gosh we are on captain marvel so we are in phase three 
You're in phase three. You're we're in done. phase three. We're almost done. And I kind of, it's like genuine, like, oh my God. And it becomes more of an appointment. I think sadly, binge watching is in the name has become pretty much like a marathon, almost like a sprint, like, yeah. you know, and actually watching movies. We did the same. Actually, we finished before you because we started before you. We did all Marvel series. And then recently we did Star Wars. Mm. And it's nice because movies you want to do one at a time because otherwise mm. you just can't, you can't cope. Unless you want to do all Harry Potter, good luck. Uh, oh, so, yeah. That's, that should be your next Kate one. and I have done that before. See, you should do that again. We will be. That's normally near Christmas. See, but that's good. I find that having that, it just makes it more of an appointment. It makes mm. it slightly more special. And I think, obviously, ritualizing is a big thing for me in some things. And I know it's and for you same as well. for me. And so that's kind of more of a, like, a ritual instead of just uh, this new series is out. Let's just watch the whole thing mm. because it is not mindless but i would say there is less appreciation for it almost mm, and i think being conscious with all of your actions even if it's a small level of consciousness really does make a difference because it allows us to get present with what we're doing you were saying that as well we were in the car again she's obviously with me right now in in real life irl and uh, we we're saying in the car as we take took her to our house that it's been it's lockdown. Obviously, I haven't seen Han since lockdown. It's the longest we haven't seen each other in real life. Since we've met. <laughs> so that's, that's quite massive, a long time. yeah. And we realized, and we said it together, like, it's been a long time. Like, lockdown itself, like, all the experience in the UK has been a long time, but also felt really short. Mm. It's kind of weird. Time has walked. And I also feel my personal experience was, I don't know yours, babe, but I did a lot of stuff on autopilot. I did a lot of stuff, like, running and chasing and after and after just kind of trying to do things and I realized that that mindlessness made it go much faster because it was like day starts day ends clock in and clock out and mm. that was a massive wake-up call for me mm. I think as well it's like making sure that you have a level like you are bringing the power of ritual into your life you are being conscious in your actions and that for me was something I became even more conscious on to even manage myself even more which actually was really positive for me to have that little reset because I've been, you know, living the life I've lived, you know, in my body, so to speak, for so many years now. That actually, it was like that that reminder of how not only how far I've come and how well I do manage, but also what I can do to tweak things and how I can positively empower my life going forward. Yeah, and that's and that's something that again, once once you understand obviously the dynamics of which I think is going to come, the dynamics yeah. of like that. As I said, productivity is different for everyone. And that's the fascination about understanding our balance and what work, quote, unquote, work-life balance mm. is or is not. But we're talking, obviously, to Han, who has, you know, your chronic illness taught you the experience that you've had, yeah. like how you can live the best life for yourself. Yeah. Essentially, as, as a consultant once said to me, this is your work if you want to i mean and the thing is like uh, fab and i talk about this it's the heaviest thing that's going to affect you mentally because you're going to try and fight against something that seems so alien to the rest of the world so when you start reclaiming yourself in that way you will really you can have the potential to change your life now your life won't look like everyone else's and that mentally you have to get over as well, as we've discussed that. But your life, you can live better. You, there's always a, a way within whatever situation you're in. And I do truly believe this, no matter how dire, and things have been dire for me at times, you can find a way to optimize that. And that's not fake positivity. That's not 
um, bypassing because I don't, I really don't buy into any of that. But that is about finding the ways that will enhance the situation you're in. And it doesn't mean things aren't going to go wrong. It doesn't mean you're not going to, you know, have times where you fall apart. But the comeback, and it's all about the comeback, will always be better if you know that there's a pathway for you to go on. Now let's talk about morning routines, if that's mm. all right. I just want to talk about one thing about your morning routine. There are different things that you do. And I know that once again, because I experienced it with you in multiple scenarios, actually. Um, and like she's an early riser like myself, probably more than me, because you actually wake up like different times in the morning. But, and so I know that you have quite a couple of steps for your morning routine, mm. but is that something that you would say, regardless of whether you're in a hotel, regardless of whether you're home, whether you are friends, is there one non-negotiable that helps you think about it, that helps you getting grounded? Obviously, there's practical element. But again, knowing you as well, I would say, is there something that really helps you set the day for yourself and set your mindset? I would say it's meditation for me, one million billion percent. Meditation and if I'm going to cheat here, my gratitude practice, they are the... T- I know I was only meant to have one, but right. they kind of tend to merge like as follow each other. But, and that really really helps and even if I can't write that gratitude down at the end of my meditation I will always find three things and kind of move that through me and into my heart space so that I feel the energy of that gratitude and for me that sets up the day and it doesn't matter where I am I will do that and I also with the meditation I feel it I feel it's a grounding practice to reconnect me come back into my body because in truth it doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing embodiment and coming back into your body is the most important thing you can do because that's where the disconnection starts when we when we're so stressed we're disconnected from our body if we can find ways to bring ourselves back in it does help us reset it's like the little mini resets and helps us move forward in our day that's very timely. We were listening to a recent meditation this morning, yeah. weren't we? I like to do meditation with Han when, when she's around in the morning. It's, it's really nice. How long, Han, because you look youthful, <laughs> but I know you've been doing meditation for a long time. Can you pinpoint roughly how many years? I think I know mine now. Um, I would say I officially started... Um, Lucy, I would say 20 years ago, but I would say when I really committed to it, 18 years. So I've been doing it for 18 years in different forms from guided. And I still do a guided meditation every day at some point for kind of like going into my body for pain management more. But for 18 years, I've been meditating. So I think there's something to be said about that very simple things. And I say this because I think most people, more people than not, they will be listening to this and be like, think you know yeah I meditate every so often I meditate every day and I I did that myself I looked back and I was like actually it's been probably a second how old am I yeah okay <laughs> great 10 years probably for me as well maybe 12 so it's been a long not 10 years it's been 10 years so I'm like oh wait so I've been doing this practice for 10 years obviously you know go up go down for me it's of been probably, not as linear but it puts things in perspective and I think it makes you realize that even if marginally something might have changed in the way that you bring that awareness because I am aware that I'm slightly different than you in the way that my brain is probably the most the the, the biggest overdrive for me mm. like the biggest element that mm. I need to manage and understand um and so I and a little challenge for you is just think guys like if you do meditate and you do have a practice try and look back and see how long it has been because 
it can be a bit of a, oh, wait a second, actually, this has been a path that I've been going for a long time. Mm. You know, it's good to be in the present moment. Don't get me wrong. That's the point of it. But um, I found it fascinating when I was like, actually, some of these practices will be doing for longer than what we think. Absolutely. And I think as well, for anyone listening that thinks, oh, you know, I don't have time for meditation. I, I can't meditate. You know, here's what I always say, and this is a quick hack. Turn a timer on if you don't, if you don't have an app because I believe there is always a way. Turn a timer on for five minutes and just sit. Now, it doesn't matter what happens during this time, but if you commit to this over a period of time, so you can pick your five minutes whenever's gonna work for you. We can always grab five minutes, right, Fab? Oh, yeah. And you do that, you will notice a difference. Now, I did this with an ex-boyfriend who obviously wanted to kind of, you know, he didn't think he could do it. And actually he told me that when I wasn't there, he continued that practice and it enabled him then to go on to kind of maybe feel like he was more of a meditator, but take away the label. If it's, Mm. if it's going to be different, even um, putting on some music, dancing for five minutes, then sitting down and being present for a few, if that's a meditation that's going to embody you do that, but having those, those few minutes can really make a difference to your life. Remember that, I'm going to butcher it now. Lol. <laughs> I know I'm going to butcher it. But remember that anecdote about, uh, I think it's like when you're washing the, you know, when you're washing dishes, wash the dishes. Yeah. Kind of thing. Obviously there's more to that guys. And I appreciate that. I might have just literally like butchered this, but it's that principle of that, you know, the meditation of hoovering, mm. by the way, fun story. You were talking to me two days ago about was it mindful hoovering or what do you call spiritual it? Spiritual hoovering. Spiritual hoovering. So basically I have to have people that help me in my life because, um, you know, because of the situation I'm in, there are physical limitations. So in order for the, one of the people helping me um, to feel better about hoovering, we do spiritual hoovering in an assigned time week. And that is clearing the energy space because actually seriously guys hoovering is such a good way to clear the energy so if you're struggling you're thinking oh my god i've got a hoover think of that hoover differently and it it can change and and i do and i think that with everything as well with what you talk about with what i talk about how we perceive something is you know going to impact how we receive it and how we process it so sometimes a shift in our perception is is that thing that can really change things yeah i agree and i think that's a big thing so a couple of thoughts obviously you can over in the morning but good luck to your neighbors if you do that i wouldn't recommend it so there probably are other things that you can do if you want to ground yourself um but i hope they give you some ideas as well on that element as well one of my favorite things is talking about tools hacks books anything Mm. really anything and Obviously, you are my first guinea pig. So uh, it's not even a case of like, this is what usually people would pick. The world is your oyster. But when I was thinking about this element, I was thinking we are practical beings and we talk about it a lot. Mm. Like, And Hannah's probably one of the most spiritually attuned people that you will ever meet if you have the luck of meeting her in person. But also what I love about her is that you're practical. Mm. And I think there's that kind of mix. And I am instead very grounded, masculine, practical in some things. And I find that as humans, we also do like to get some things that we can try for ourselves. They're mm-hmm. very specific. So that's why I always like to talk about what has worked for you and just kind of showing that side of things. So is there anything that comes into your head? It can be a thing. It can be maybe like a specific hack or a specific tool or a book, but it can also be something 
that has helped you making your life easier in a way where you actually have been able to reclaim time and simplify things for yourself? Well, we did initially like discuss my wheelchair, which actually helped me reclaim my life. This is a deadly serious thing. I, before I used a wheelchair, because of the limitations that I had, I had to miss out on things with my friends, with my family, even going on holiday. I sat in many hotel rooms around the world, or I've sat in many cafes, or I've sat in many places because I simply haven't been able to do the things I've wanted to do. And it took me a long time. So obviously it's a very psychological thing there, having to overcome that idea that you instantly know that your labeling, who you are, is going to change the way society views you but it changed my life and I am grateful every single day. And even getting an electric wheelchair as Fab was actually there when I initially got that, that changed my world forever because I reclaim my independence and I can thank an occupational therapist who kind of pushed me to that because she put it in a, in a hack way of, you will be able to basically reclaim your independence the way you want to do things. And yes, I had to learn to manage my time with it because you do want to go mad when you can suddenly move and get around faster and do things. But that for me has been super, super powerful. Now, what I will add to that is through occupational therapy and from very learning very on, the best hack we can do is, as I said to Fab the other day, is to get organized when you feel like you have a lot of things to do and, you know, compartmentalize your life, like break things down. And that would, you know, and I learned that through chronic illness, having no choice to not to. But if you feel like you've got a mountain of stuff, I think you can find apps that even can do this. But simply from my perspective, a notebook, get yourself a notebook, write down everything that you need to do break it down. Once you see things, and it doesn't matter how big that mountain is, you can break things down. And for me, on a practical level, that is the best hack that I have come across. And it helps my brain process if I feel like there's a lot to do. Um, And, you know, I think I think it's a real game changer. And it doesn't really the good thing about that it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what your work is or who, you know, who you are or what your life is. When we begin to break things down, it helps us feel more in control. It helps us feel more aligned to who we are. And it helps us, you know, you talk about reclaiming time. It helps us assign time for things. And it can feel a hassle at first. When I've said this to people before, they're like, oh, that feels like a bit of a hassle. But actually, it's going to be more of a hassle when you're in the midst of the mess. Oh, no, I agree. And uh, just just to bring that to a pra- very quick practical exercise, because like as Rana rightfully said, we just did that like a couple of days ago. I was looking at um, our <laughs> incredible amount of stuff that we got back from holiday. And I just hadn't looked at me and I was just, I think I was just looking like blankly at one of the bags, being like, oh. And so she took, she took a Marie Kondo, like, I could see like a mini Marie Kondo stance. So she just said, okay, what is what? Where does this go? Which room is this in? And just that breaking down, that literally, I didn't tell you that. But when I went into the bedroom and I had all of the rest mm. of the mess, I said to, to my boyfriend, to my fiance, actually, uh, ooh, um, I was like, what would Hannah do? <laughs> I was like, what would Hannah do? She would start figuring out where goes what. Yeah. And I think, and honestly, when we start to think like that, it 
it really does change things. Even when, if you're pack, even down to packing a bag, even down to knowing where you're going to place something or do something or having an idea, but breaking that down, it will even, I guess I'm not a cook, but Fab is one of the best I know, uh, which is true. Even, I guess when you're doing that, you, there's probably, cause I've seen how efficiently you work there there's probably a system in your head where you're doing things and you know how to make that time efficient. So you keep on the timings. And I think it's one extra element to this because you might be like, well, thanks. I mean, how does this relate to me becoming the most productive human in the world? And I'm going to reframe that very briefly. Right now, most of us work from home. A lot of us have our own business or a lot of us are freelancers. Mm -hmm. You know, you see yourself where you fit, but we all have had to shift that our routines and, a lot of us are living in our houses and spending more time at home than ever. And boundaries are very blurred. Mm. So realistically speaking, have been able to compartmentalize in some ways, but also being able to have more control and feeling a bit more like aware of the time that we're spending on different, on different tasks will make things helpful. And I think mm. I used this example the other day, I think again, um, which I think some people will resonate with the kind of like, Oh, I have half an hour on a Tuesday. You know what is hot enough in the house. This is very trivial, but I'm going to do the laundry and you're like, okay, however, it's a Tuesday and maybe is the half an hour that you take for lunch. Maybe it's half an mm. hour that you will take for a break. Do you really need to fit that? And this is the boundaries that now we're all uh, struggling mm. with because it's like, Oh, this is the perfect day to do the laundry. Yeah. But you know, is it, bring, is it coming from a place of awareness or is it coming from the fact that you're like, I have half an hour of break, I need to fill it with yeah, something. Yeah, and I think so. And what I learned very early on from becoming unwell was that suddenly my life became very blurred because I was at home all the time. And I'm really grateful to my mum, who Fab knows what she's like, is very efficient. And I'm grateful that once I was kind of physically able and, and able to push through, that she kind of got certain routines in place that was really really helpful to, to me and really powerful and it was able to begin that process of not my life becoming blurred so that I I felt like things were broken down in my day so I wasn't just this ill person at home because that unfortunately like even when you're working at home it becomes like what Fab said a blur but by breaking those things down, that was a really powerful process for me. And I'm really, really grateful to her because when she, you know, she was in it and she wasn't pushing me, she was nudging me, I'd say, um, because she was very understanding the situation. But I'm glad for those nudges because I think if I hadn't have had that initially, it would have become a lot more of a task. Um, to do that but not letting your boundaries get blurred is everything and of course as we know you're going to that's going to happen sometimes but it's a comeback if you have those other things in place where normally it doesn't there's always going to be time where you've got to sometimes cross those boundaries but it's then you know you can come back it kind of almost feels the exception not the rule yeah you know what I mean? absolutely and I think that's that's absolutely key and that's also probably why I thought of you when it came to that because of the fact that I know that you spend a lot of time in the house there's a yeah. lot of time you spend there and it's just finding those pockets of time for yourself <laughs> so you write you podcast mm -hmm. you do other things as well let's be honest yeah. uh but i know that for obviously for you energy can be something that sometimes you can control and i want to explain that for people that don't know hannah and don't know your condition as well but obviously i know you so 
tell me if I'm saying bullshit or, but um, I know that some days you, you can expect kind of like, okay, this day might go really well. Some days you might feel that you're going to do okay. And then at some point you're like, no, I need yeah. to take a break. Right. And I think this is important as a caveat to mention when I'm going to talk about the last but not least thing, which is about working smarter, but not working harder. Because I think that it's very important to understand that it's not necessarily about how much time you spend on a task. And again, writing podcasts themselves, even just those two things can become, you know, can take that time. Mm. But it's also about how can you make sure that when you have that energy, when you have that time, you can make the most out of it. So is there anything that helped you? It might be something that we already mentioned. It might be something else you can think of, but thinking especially about those tasks and the element of working and spending time focusing. I think we all have our own sacred rhythms and I do truly believe that. And of course we can go into the ideas of our, our menstrual cycle even, but that's really for another topic and everyone again will be different, but we all will have optimal times there. Some people won't want to kind of maybe track their life via that and it might not always be possible, but understanding that throughout the month, you're going to have maybe optimal times where you're going to work. You can break this down to a day. There will be, everyone has different times a day where they're going to find they can work optimally better or where they may feel better, where their energy is higher. And again, life stress doesn't always allow that. But if we can kind of begin to understand and track our own rhythm, that really can change everything and allow us to reclaim and work smarter and also working out kind of your limits. So for me, I'm writing at the moment. Now I'm much slower than your normal person because of, of pain limitations. However, I worked out an optimal amount of words I could do in a smart way. And, you know, when I initially looked at this, I realized this is going to take me much longer, but I also knew that it would mean that I was working smartly and it meant that I was you know, it wasn't going to affect the other parts of my life. It wasn't going to affect my podcasting, my newsletter, like the things that I do. So it's making sure working smart is about looking at the bigger picture as well and looking at all the things you have to do, but understanding your own rhythm. And someone might be saying, obviously here, like, what does she mean by my own rhythm? We all have optimal points. We all have optimal, even mood feelings. As, as we both know, you're going to have times where, you're going to know during maybe certain times of the month, or if you know you've got, you could be a business person, you know you've got a certain meeting coming up at a certain point in time during that month, and it could be stressful. How can you work around that smarter to make sure you optimally perform at your meeting, for instance, but also manage yourself to manage the other things you may have to do? And once you begin to track those things, and look, all of these things initially, as we would know, Fab, can be a bit annoying, but let's look at this logically, a few hours working things out, or maybe even it might take you a few days to break things down. That in the long term, is that really a lot? Once you've got the foundations for that, of course, you're going to tweak it. We're human, life happens, but create those foundations. Once you've got the base, you have something to work with. I love that. And on that note, I'm going to add another practical element to the finding the rhythms because there's something that I call prior time, prime time, not prior time. Um, and I talk a lot about in my upcoming book as well. But also when it comes to prime time, another thing that I found that can be really helpful to add to the understanding of your rhythms is a bit less natural because again, especially society and the way that we work, but it's called buffer time, which when you think about it makes sense, but I'll elaborate, which means if you have said meeting that Anna mentioned, then think about with those meetings, for example, you want to have half an hour, an hour, you call it, 
each way. I do that for Zoom calls. I do that for podcasts. I do that for team meetings as much as possible. Obviously, having also clients that can be tricky sometimes, but I have at least one hour or minimum half an hour between different appointments. Mm. And I also run workshops and those can be up to three hours on Zoom. They are long. So I really try to manage my time also that way. And those buffer times, which sound obvious, I've seen a lot of people spending buffer time where we were all going to physical meetings, traveling. And you mean literally finish a meeting, travel to the other meeting. That to me, can is not buffer time. No. Again, Zoom call from Zoom call, you maybe have a tea for five minutes and then you go back into another call. That to me is not buffer time. Buffer time can be anything. I personally use mine to write down notes. Maybe like is a client call, so I write down follow-up questions or follow-up tasks. Maybe it was a workshop, so I write down what can be improved. Team meeting, I write down what we need to do for the week. God knows. But I found, and also then, I also take a proper break. But being able to have that time to reassess what I've done and prepare for the next thing, to me is key. And I mentioned this because it's relatively recent as a discovery. And I've done in the last six months and it's been actually nine months. Absolutely. And if we look at yogic principles and philosophies, they always talk about never overfilling yourself. And, and, and this goes even down to our food, like always leave that space to breathe. And, you know, if that's one place to end, always leave space to breathe. Let that sink into you because we are so fast paced in society. We actually forget to breathe properly. And it's during like what Fab said, those buffer times and during our down times where we can actually take those times just to breathe and come back into our body. Sounds simplistic, but it's super powerful. And, you know, if more of us could reclaim our time with those points to breathe, it could really create a more, more peaceful, people feeling more peaceful and not that their mental health is being kind of dented. I have one more question, babes. And this is kind of an extension of obviously the beginning time off things you love to do. But if you could, if you had a weekend mm-hmm. for yourself and you know, you can do pretty much anything. Let's put it this way. I know one of the problems can be like traveling, but you know, yeah. you've got somebody that can take you anywhere mm-hmm. you want. What will you do for those two days? What is your top idea of two days of unwinding, switch down, taking care of yourself, celebrating yourself and all of your achievements? I would love, I mean, I love it if I can get to go and see friends and we can hang out, chill out and have a peak where we're not, where there isn't scheduled things to go on where, you know, where we can just enjoy the time together. But also, I mean, who's going to say no to a spa? If, if I was waiting for that, if, if that's, if that's a possibility, that is something that's really good um, from my perspective to be able to do. But I think if I was to break it down, because obviously we can't always get to a spa if you are even going to your friends or you're, you're meeting up with people, you can still make things Zen-like. It's the, the things that we choose to do, right? And I think even the simple things like Fab and I, when we're together, we often do like a face mask um, and things like that. And it is those points where we're doing that and it is a really relaxing thing to do. So that would be for me. It would be making sure that you're not trying to pack too much in because as humans, we have this thing it doesn't matter how clever or zen we are, we will always try and pack more things in. And if I've learned anything during my journey, boom and bust, no matter how much we like to think it's going to work, it does not work. And it causes burnout eventually. Um, and it can, people imagine burnout to be this kind of massive thing. Sometimes burnout can be a very slow thing. 
that creeps up on people and it can be very hard to almost identify because people think they're doing it or they're taking some time off. So it's having the mindfulness to really kind of ask yourself, am I making sure that I'm having that proper downtime? Yeah. And it's also, if you need to, you can voice it as well. Mm. And it's something that I voice to this poor human being far too often. I mean, she, she glad, glad, uh, not gladly, but um, thankfully that's the word I want to use. She thankfully takes it and uh, she's the best sounding board you'll ever find and support you'll ever find. Love you, babes. Oh, <laughs> love you too. Appreciation and gratitude is a good thing. But it's true. Like without having you sometimes just to be able to say, I think I am reaching the end of the stick mm. and just, it's not like most of the times you'll find that she says things that I already know and you say yeah. things that, but it's not because I need to hear something new. I just need to hear somebody that says, I see you and it's okay. Yeah. And that just brought massive awareness to me so that now I can recognize, as you said, when I'm reaching that level mm. and I can do something to prevent myself mm. from reaching that end. And actually reaching out to someone, you know, finding those kind of trusted people within our circles or whoever that you know, could be a friend, family member, whoever it is powerful. And I think what Fab said about voicing, I think that's everything where, you know, even if you're saying the most stupid thing, even if you're, you know, you're being irrational for someone to say, it's okay to be irrational. It, it's going to instantly decrease the kind of the force you've got behind it and I think that's the thing in society that we we feel we have to be so optimal that we're almost afraid to say I'm no I'm kind of being irrational but I'm going to say this or do this anyway and actually just voicing that it changes things for us all and I'm gonna finish it off with actually obviously the name of of the show is reclaim your time off and that probably gets the idea of how to be the most optimal we can be. And I wanted to start off by really reminding us, so thanks, Sam, for that, um, that it's not about how optimal you can be, is how can you understand the way that you want to create your lifestyle mm. and your life? Because I'm going to say two things with this. One, related to burnout, again, I will never lie to myself and lie to people that know me and people that follow me and trust me and say, I know that I'll never get a burnout ever again because I know a couple of things. It might happen again. Mm -hmm. I'm doing my best to keep getting better and better by using techniques that I'm learning. But I don't want to get that illusion that just because you think you do, we are human. Yeah. And I think that's important. And the second thing, before I forget, that was it, is also that I don't want to elude people. And I know it's something that both Hannah and I feel quite strong about, that you need to, to chase a lifestyle that looks optimal, that looks the best mm. based on what you think you should do. Mm. You might want to chase money. You might want to chase wealth. You might want to chase success. You might want to chase a simple life that feels good and, and solid and structured for yourself. You've got, got a great basis, but you might want to focus more on traveling, family. It doesn't really matter. You need to understand what you want from your lifestyle. If you chase somebody else's lifestyle, income goals or whatever, I don't feel like you'll ever be truly happy. In no, I don't think you will ever. And I think as well, you know, we have to, what Fab said about being human, that's part of the understanding our own rhythms and part of our journey. Chasing another's dream is never gonna, it's, I mean, and I used to do it. I used to try and chase what, what I considered a normal person did. I was obsessed. And, and in it, all it got me was mental health issues. <laughs> all it got me was a large amount of fear of missing out and comparison and obsession of why there was a problem with me and why I wasn't 
being able to optimize my life. The truth is their lives are different. And, you know, we have to come to acceptance is the beginning of that journey and accepting. I think it can be hard if we see something we think we want, because we're seeing that's how we're meant to go. We forget about acceptance and we have to sometimes take a step back and look at what do we really want? Like what Fab said and actually anchor that into our heart and, and our bodies and make that what we really want. I agree. See, and with that, bam, bam, bam. True bomb, true bomb. We're going to close off babes again. One more time. Thank you. Thank you. For being my pleasure. You've been a wonderful friend and an incredible uh, guest. Uh, once again, if you, if you ever follow us on social, which Hannah will tell you to find that, you'll see that we're definitely not as professional as organizers this usually. Where there's a lot more lols coming There's from. a lot more lols. And actually, that's what makes us human. And that's why people, are, it makes you relatable as well. Exactly. It, so if you want some of that. If you want the most fab, actually, and I put me in a box this weekend. So that's what we get up to sometimes. That's what we do on our downtime. <laughs> That is the best thing to do on downtime, but put your best friend in a box and terrify and then, you. And wait till your, your fiancé comes in. It's like, where's Hannah? There's a giant big box in the room, Mike. <laughs> Where do we think she's gone now? That was hilarious. Guys, but, um, so Han, if people want to find out more about you and see said box, where should they go? Um, so my Instagram is the Hannah Wallace. And um, my podcast is Finding Grace. I do have a Facebook page, Hannah Wallace, but as we know, these pages are very slow in distance to life, but, but it's there. You do have a website though where people can find, cause I was going to suggest it during the meditation bit. Yeah. People can find a free meditation from you, which I would recommend. Um, yeah. So the website is www.hannah-wallace.com. And that's if you sign up to my newsletter, which a little commitment I did make over lockdown was to do my newsletter. And it has a little wisdom drops. It shares my podcast and I do an Oracle card reading once a week. Which is lovely. So we'll definitely recommend that. Thank you so much, babe. My pleasure. Lovely to have you. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at creativeimpactco. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group. <laughs>